In this video, I'm going to show you eight reasons why estradiol is high. There's an optimal ratio between testosterone and estrogen and certain conditions would upregulate aromatase leading to a high estrogen to testosterone ratio. We don't want an excess amount of estrogen to testosterone as that can contribute to cancers, erectile dysfunction, mood disorders, sleep disorders, suboptimal body recomposition. So many bad things can come from excess estrogen. So we don't want too much of that. And in this video, I'm going to show you exactly why that ratio is suboptimal and what is stimulating aromatase. Excess aromatase is not due to a supplement deficiency. There are other reasons why it's elevated and I'm going to show you that. Before we dive into this video, be sure to get my ebook on how to maximize your testosterone naturally. Also, if you would like me to help you solve a male specific problem, coaching, link is in the description. Let's dive in. All right, so the things that I'm gonna list is not gonna be in any particular order. So it's not like this one is the most important and the last one is the least important. They're all equally important. You just have to identify which one is relevant to you and then fix that specific problem. So number one is inflammation. And a very common cause of inflammation is obesity in the sense where your fat cells, they enlarge, hypertrophy, and that causes more inflammation. So there's local inflammation in the adipose tissue, like COX, uh, PDE2, uh, prostaglandin E2, interleukin-6, TNF-alpha. These are inflammatory mediators that upregulate aromatase, leading to elevated levels of estrogen. You can have two individuals that's obese. One will have low inflammation, another will have elevated inflammation. So just because someone has more adipose tissue doesn't mean they have more inflammation. So you can actually have slightly elevated uh, body fat, but it doesn't mean that body fat will express a significant amount of estrogen, uh, aromatase. And so it's these inflammatory mediators that really upregulate the production of estrogen. Now, obviously, adipose tissue does express aromatase so an obese individual might have more aromatase and estrogen than someone that's lean but the more inflamed that person is the more aromatase they will express more estrogen they will produce also in this study they fed people different kinds of diets you can see the estrogen how it changed uh, before and after and before and after and it was a high fat diet and a low fat diet but it was actually like a high PUFA diet low PUFA diet PUFAs is polyunsaturated fatty acids omega-6 that's been known to induce inflammation the more you consume of it, specifically from ultra-processed sources. And so this is prostaglandin, the uh, PDE2, that increased with PUFA intake, and as PDE2 increased, you get an increase in estradiol, in aromatase. You get a decrease in this PDE2 inflammation and a decrease in estradiol. So there's a positive correlation with inflammation and estradiol. So anything that induces inflammation will upregulate estrogen. So it's your job to figure out what is causing inflammation for me. Do I have things in my diet? Do I eat allergenic foods, heavy metals, exposed to some kind of toxin in the environment or in my diet that's causing inflammation and excess estrogen? Or right, so number two is BMI. As you can see, the heavier weight someone gets, the lower their testosterone goes, the higher their estrogen and the more suboptimal their testosterone to estrogen ratio. So you would see that this estrogen in the obese group isn't even that high. Some lean individuals even have higher levels of estrogen than this. Um, but despite estrogen not actually being that high, the testosterone being this low puts them in a really unfavorable ratio, right? And so um, someone that's obese can actually be have higher levels of testosterone if they don't have as much inflammation and the stuff that we're going to discuss 
in just a second. But usually having more body fat leads to higher levels of estrogen and lower levels of testosterone. So lowering estrogen, a great way to do so is just to reduce excess body weight. You see another graph looking at fat. Um, more fat creates more estrogen, specifically if it's inflamed. And this increases the enzyme 11-beta-hydroxysteroid dehydrogenase uh, tenfold, according to this study. And so more of this enzyme activates cortisol, and cortisol stimulates aromatase. Cortisol also upregulates appetite, and the more you eat, especially if it's ultra-refined foods, will spike your insulin. And then insulin also upregulates aromatase, specifically when someone has hyperinsulinemia, but that usually goes to big, goes together with diabetes and obesity and inflammation, nutritional deficiencies, and so on, which we'll cover in just a moment. All right, number three uh, is diabetes. And so if someone improves their insulin sensitivity, they will get a decrease in insulin. So people with diabetes are prone to having hyperinsulinemia, and then that insulin stimulates estrogen. So as you reduce insulin, your estrogen also goes down because of better management of your insulin sensitivity. Number four is nutritional deficiencies. And here's just a whole list of things that I'm going to mention. And every single vitamin mineral is extremely important. Vitamin B1 and 2 are essential for estrogen detoxification through the liver. Choline aids in estrogen detoxification. Calcium inhibits aromatase, lowers inflammation, speeds up the metabolic rate. Zinc inhibits the aromatase and reduces estrogen receptor expression. Vitamin A inhibits the aromatase and also lowers estrogen receptors. Selenium inhibits aromatase promoters. So promoters would be insulin, cortisol, inflammation, and so on. And selenium inhibits those promoters. So even if you have elevated levels of those promoters, selenium will kind of like prevent them from upregulating aromatase, which is really awesome. Magnesium inhibits aromatase and is also a cofactor for the enzyme COMT, which breaks down estrogen into less potent metabolites where it can also be excreted from the body. Vitamin E inhibits the aromatase and lowers estrogen receptor expression and sensitivity. Iodine is inversely related to estrogen receptor alpha concentrations, thus restricting estrogen's action. Plus, 2 to 5 milligrams a day of iodine supplementation diminished the translocation of the estrogen receptor alpha into the nucleus, preventing its action. So if someone is um, estrogen dominant, they might benefit from slightly larger doses of iodine supplementation. And then lastly, vitamin B3 specifically niacinamide, has been shown to lower estrogen receptors. Number five is impaired excretion. And this is specifically with the liver, right? So you have the liver here, you've got estrogen, and then you have these liver enzymes that break estrogen down into these metabolites. And then COMT, which is part of methylation, breaks them down further into these metabolites, and then they can be excreted by these enzymes, elimination. So if you have some kind of backup in the system of one of these enzymes that's not working properly, you will get a backup of estrogen in the liver. And people with liver problems like nephildy and liver disease, they are prone to estrogen dominance because they can't excrete the estrogen. But obviously when they have liver issues, they also have elevated inflammation, insulin resistance, all of this stuff, all of which contribute to more insulin resistance. Number six is enhanced reabsorption. So after your estrogen is excreted, doesn't mean your estrogen is bye-bye, because there is a gut bacteria that expresses beta-glucuronidase, and that can kind of like reactivate estrogen so that gets reabsorbed into the body, going back to the liver, burning the liver with more estrogen. And so it's very common with people that have overexpress, that have too much of these bacteria that have beta-glucuronidase that keeps them in an the estrogen-dominant state. 
So a lot of these bacteria are pathological, like E. coli or Klebsiella or so on. They express beta-glucuronidase. Now you can do a stool test like Biomsite or Godzoomer. I like those two. And they will check your beta-glucuronidase to see if you have elevated levels of this. And then two good inhibitors that I like is cardamom spice and milk thistle. They both inhibit beta-glucuronidase. It will help with enhanced estrogen excretion. So you really want to make sure that if you want to be in a healthy hormonal state, that you optimize your gut health. Number seven is low DHT. So in this study, they looked at androsterone, DHT, 5-alpha androstanodione. And both, all three of these are 5-alpha reduced steroids. And they found that this 3-alpha androstanodione was the most potent aromatase inhibitor, even stronger than DHT or androsterone. Now, androsterone can convert into 5-alpha androstanodione and also DHEA. So you can take DHEA with uh, androsterone. It will synergistically help to increase androstanodione. So this is why you want optimal 5-alpha reductase expression to help control estrogen, right? 5-alpha reductase doesn't just increase DHT. It also actually uh, metabolizes cortisol out of the body. And so an optimal 5-alpha reductase uh, expression will ensure that you stay in a really androgenic and anabolic state compared to inhibiting it uh, shifts you more into a catabolic state because you have more cortisol buildup and less androgens to protect you against that. Number eight is stress. So as you can see, this was a glucocorticoid that acts on the cortisol receptor and it stimulates aromatase. This is RU486, which is a cortisol receptor antagonist. So when you combine the glucocorticoid with RU486, it blocks the effect of this glucocorticoid. It doesn't stimulate aromatase. So in a stressed state, if someone is chronically stressed, whether it be finances or just a perception of some sort of stress, can keep your cortisol elevated, which will then stimulate aromatase all the time. So you want to make sure that you manage your stress as best as possible and eat a diet that's rich in carbohydrates to manage the stress, but also micronutrients, like for example, zinc, selenium, magnesium, and so on, which is great for reducing excess cortisol and also aromatase. So there you have eight reasons why estrogen might be elevated. And if you don't know which one, do some tests, right? You can look for inflammation by looking at HSCRP. You can look at your fasting insulin, fasting glucose to see how insulin sensitive you are. Then you can do uh, tests for certain micronutrients. You could look at zinc, copper, selenium in the blood. You can also do an organic acid test that would look at various vitamins and minerals. Also with the organic acid test, you can see if you have gut issues, if you have bacterial problems, fungal overgrowth, leaky gut. So I really like the organic acid test, and then you can also do a stool test to look at beta-glucuronidase. So if you want to start with two tests, I would say a stool test, either from Biomsite or Gutzoomer, and then an organic acid test, and I like the one from Mosaic DX, but Genova is also pretty good. And now, if you would like a diet that will give you all of the micronutrients, improve insulin sensitivity, everything is laid out for you, the Testolone course will give you exactly that on how to maximize your testosterone and balance all of your hormones. Everything is there. It's really a complete course. I've used that information to double Gunter's testosterone, increase Estario's testosterone to almost 1,000 nanograms per deciliter, increase Matthew's testosterone to over 700. And there are many other guys that use that course to at least double their testosterone in a short period of time. So if you want to maximize your testosterone and balance hormones, the testosterone course is the course you need. All right, guys, I hope this was insightful and gave you some ideas of what to look for to help to manage your estrogen. And then we'll check you in the next one. Cheers, guys.